got the microphone. Did y'all hear me go like a bam? That's how the hell hit it. I'm like a bam, God hits up in here today. Amen. He's already done great things this morning. Amen. And, and I know that you, if you were in the pre-service and praise and worship, I know that you had to know that God was here. Amen. And he is here right now. So let's bow our heads before the Lord. Lord, we just thank you right now. Thank you for your love. Oh, God, thank you. You would just even be among us. That you would be in us, God. Oh, God, we are just so grateful, God, for your power, your love, your mercy, your grace. Father, we're thankful for your word, oh, God, that leads us and guides us and empowers us, God. So I ask for an open ear, an open heart today, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, that we will hear your word and that it will bring strength to us and that we will not just hear it, God, but that we will apply it in our lives, our daily lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our children can be dismissed to their classes. Amen. Praise God for our children. For all these babies. Amen. Amen. You guys, um, everyone that's putting putting. Uh, offering on this morning. I, that just came. Can you just come back? Amen. Just come back. Amen. Um, because when I say I receive, it's, it's because I want you to receive. And uh, I want you to receive. I want you to receive the blessing of the word. And this is for anybody that when you come up, I pray that this goes out to the congregation. That we're just not putting this up here just to put it up here, all right? We're putting it up here believing that the Word of God is bringing strength to our areas that we need strength. Strength to our mind, strength to our spirit, strength to our health, strength to our finances. So you say, I receive. In the name of Jesus, Father. So right now, God, as, as those have come to lay lay upon the altar this morning, oh God, their gift, oh God. Father, I pray over them, God, there are certain areas and there are certain things that some of them need with a quickness, oh God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that this day would be a day of blessing. Oh, Father, that they would see you move on their behalf in these areas. God, there would come testimonies in Jesus' name. Have you ever, we know uh, we just got through celebrating, um, for those that celebrated, it was Valentine's Day. And everywhere you went in every store, there was hearts and flowers, but mostly hearts were everywhere. And most places that I went into, there was the be mine, and you would saw you saw people standing in front of the cards and you're standing there, and as you're standing there in front of that card um, display, you're trying your best to find this card that can relay the words of your heart. And so you see many, many people, men and women, I was telling my husband we was in Costco, and you just you saw men just looking at the flowers, and they're trying to pick up this right nice bouquet for 
their loved one and you saw um you know as they're standing as if you ever watch them they're standing man or woman they're standing there at the card and they'll pick up a card and they'll read it and you'll see them reading it and and after they read it some cards it just have you ever just that's just not it so you put that card back and you pick up another card and that's almost it, but it's not it. And so you keep going through the cards. Something about the card it has to kind of fit the outside, has to say something, and the inside. I don't know about you. I, 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 I'm looking at the outside, and I'm looking at the inside, okay? And so then all of a sudden, you know, you go through, I don't know, but I've never went up to a, a card display and on my first pick, found a card that I really like. I, I usually... There's just something more that I would say. You know, there's just something that I wish that, you know, he would have said this. And sometimes it's better just to go on and make a card because if you make that card, you're going to be able to say exactly what you want. But, you know, sometimes we're not creative. And in this busy world that we live in, sometimes, you know, we're, we're going to go um, cards. And cards are expensive, are they not? Sometimes you look at cards, I can't believe when I turn over the back of them, I'm thinking that thing is like going to be like, you know, $2, and here, don't let it have some music in it or some little saying going on, you know? And so even in that, we, we want the right song when we open it up because we want to reveal our heart to our loved one. We, we want this card. the deliberation of, of people and, and looking at sometimes uh, a card is given just for an event. These words have never been spoken in, out loud out of someone's mouth, but today's Valentine's Day. And so today it seems appropriate. Uh, we don't know why everyone's doing it, but sometimes people are doing it because everyone's doing it. it, it it's the value of it has nothing to do with a personal um, want to. It's more like this is Valentine's Day. Everybody's doing it. Let me do it. But have you ever, ever, ever really got a Valentine letter or a love letter? How many? How many have ever gotten a love letter in the house of God? Well, we lost that art, have we not? Okay. How many have ever wrote a love letter? Right. And I don't know about you, but. Um, my husband is, I always use him as an example. He's such a wonderful example, isn't he? So um, my husband, what I found out, you know, most of you uh, will say that Pastor Dave is very quiet, and it, he's not a man of many what we would think words, okay, because especially us that have, like me and Juan, that have the gift of talking. It's a gift. It's a gift. Okay? We have many words, okay? and But... He's very, you know, quiet, and when he says something, it's because he has really thought about it. He's not just going to be talking, talking. He, he's going to, it's going to be because he thought about it. But one of the things that I found out one year that blessed me so bad, we had went on a marriage, uh, marriage enrichment, and we had to write letters. And 
it was so amazing. This letter I got from Pastor David, like, I was like, oh, my God, we don't even have to talk anymore. Just write me letters. <laughs> because the letter was just, his heart was poured out on the letter, words that, I was like, what you say? That's all up in him. And I loved, the, I remember just looking at that letter and just reading it over and over and just like, oh, I just love, we have we have letters that we wrote that's up in his closet, and I think about how uh, his heart could be poured out as he wrote. And probably a lot of times when he's trying to talk to me, I'm interrupting so he just gets quiet. But in the letter, there was no interruption because, you know, I wasn't there. He just could write the letter. Amen? And so the letter was just beautiful. It told me of his undying love his devotions to me, my words to him. Do you love to get something like that? Amen. You know, I can feel the I can feel the I would love to get it if it was true. I can feel that in the house. I would love to get it if it was more than words. I can feel that in the I just love to get it. And I look at many look at the Bible as a book of rules, of do's, and don'ts. When you talk to a lot of people about why they don't read the Bible, they'll say, because all it's telling me what I can't do. A lot of rules. Interrupting their lifestyle. But when actually the Word of God is really a love it's a love letter if we would allow ourselves to go into the Word of God and see God for who He really is and how much He loves us, we would learn that even His chastisement and what we call as rules or even law was given because of love. But if we don't become intimately acquainted with God and never know Him, we will feel like that he's some person up in heaven just going around looking and waiting for us to do something bad so he can bash us and disqualify us and count us out. When really that's not what the word of God is about. This morning I'm, I want to talk about a love letter and in there that you would open your word of God in a different way. Because sometimes we want open up the word of God with this expectancy that God is going to find me out. I don't really want to open the Word of God because it just seems like every time I open it that God finds me out. Um, we, we can look at the Word of God as it's something He wants me to do. Every time I look, open up the Word, there's one more thing that He wants me to do, one more thing that I fall short of, one more thing that i got to figure out how to do it. But I want us to open the Word of God in a different way this morning. And for the rest of our lives, I want us to open the Word of God as a love letter to us. To see it through the eyes, to take off the eyes of judgment and the, the glasses of criticism that we've learned in our walk in this life. We've learned and we've been hurt and people have come up to us and they have not really shown us real love. And So we begin to look at our Heavenly Father like that. 
we, we, we've had people that acted like they were for us, but they're really not for us. We've had people that come up to give us information or to tell us about ourselves, but they have no relationship with us at all, but yet they see all the spots and the wrinkles and the bumps, and we're like, I don't want to hear that. You don't know me. But the Word of God, let's go into the Word of God because God knows us. He knows the good and the bad, right? And yet he loves us. He knows this. The word of God says our names are written in the palm of his hand. That he knows every single hair that is upon our head and even all the hair that is left. He has numbered them all. Amen? That's how concerned he is about us. And that's how much he loves us. There was a statement that I, I, I found as I was studying it in this book, and it says, in the gospel, we discover we are far worse than we thought. That doesn't sound very good. doesn't sound very exciting. It says, in the gospel, we discover we are, and that's what I thought when I first read it. I was like, that's not supposed to be stupid at all. But it says, in the gospel, we discover we are far worse than we thought and far more loved than we ever In the Word of God, until I get to the Word of God, I think I got it going on. Going on, going straight, you know, uh, into death. But before I get into the Word of God, I view myself through my glasses, okay, through my perspective. Um, I can be, you know, snotty as I want to be, angry as I want to be. I could be, you know, divisive as I want to be, lying as I want to be, and we can... We can choose to to cover that stuff up or not even not even really face the fact that we're liars, cheaters, adulterers. Not even face that fact and walk as if we're okay. It's like a ticking bomb. It reminds me of how not knowing what's going on sometimes in our bodies and in our bodies there's our things going on that that any moment that you know you're one uh, one clogged audio artery away from a heart attack but you don't know these things you don't know these things so you you're walking around as if i'm well i'm okay i'm great i'm wonderful and it's not until you go to the doctor and and he he puts that scan up and he he goes right mm, right there let me show you right there that whole artery and you're i remember when i first i first uh went into the hospital and um i, I just went for a checkup you couldn't have told me nothing was wrong with me. i really felt really good I can see good. I moved good. I, I, to me, I felt good. And when I got into the hospital, the doctor, you know, I was with Pastor David, and ah, this is going to be a physical. I'll be fine. And then he comes back and he says, "You have sugar diabetes." I said, "What are you talking? About? I don't feel nothing." You know, I didn't feel anything. I I don't feel sick. I don't, what are you talking about? So um, he was telling me, you know, how high my sugar was. My, high, my sugar was high in the 500s when the number is supposed to be down. And I'm walking around, and when he's telling me the normal is between 70 and 150, I'm 500, walking around thinking I'm fine. I hope y'all get the point of what I'm talking about. I'm walking around thinking I'm fine. And the fact is, is that when he gave me the medicine, that's when I felt sick. 
when he gave me the medicine, I mean, I was feeling good. I always told Pastor Dave, and this is how we are in the natural. I said, I wish I didn't even went to the doctor that day. I felt good. All of a sudden, he gives me medicine, and I can't see you, and I can't see words, and I, and everything looks like dots, and my vision is crazy, and I'm like, you're not making me well. I'm feeling worse. But it was because my body had gotten what the doctor said, had gotten so adapted to a high sugar that when they're trying to bring it down, my body now is trying to get adjusted to the, the normal when I'm thinking the 500 feels pretty good. And sometimes that's how it is when we're walking in this life is that we're doing all until the wor- we're confronted with the word of God. We are thinking that we are all right, that everything's good. My little nasty attitude, my little addictions, it's okay. It's, it's not killing me. In fact, it feels pretty good. And so until we get confronted, and once we get confronted with the Word of God, sometimes it, makes us, it doesn't make us jump and shout because it starts making us just, man, I got to do that. Why do I, why do I even go to the Word of God? We go because God has called us, and, and the Word of God is to show us that where we are, where how depraved we are, how off we are from the enrich the original intent of God. We have gotten so inducted and induced into this world worldly way of living that we think that is right. We think that it's good. We think that everything's okay. But not until we get into the Word of God and we understand His original intent for our lives and we see how far and short we are from that place, then it's revealed to us that we are in need of a Savior. That's really what the law, the law really was about. The law was to show us how depraved we were, how off we were from the original intent of God's plan. It was to show us that we could not do anything in and of ourselves. In ourselves, what we would do was keep on falling, keep on falling, keep on falling. That's why every time they would bring that gift of the, of the lamb, every time that, that they sinned, they had to keep bringing another lamb. One lamb just did not cover it all. It did not stop us from sinning. It did not stop us from doing the wrong thing. We, had, we kept on because in our spirits we were depressed. And we needed a Savior. Come on. Everybody, this morning, we need a Savior. So when it says, in the gospel, we discovered that we are far worse. It was like in the, when I went to the doctor, I discovered I was far worse than what I thought I was. I was far worse than what I thought. But in the Bible, when it shows us where we are not, it also shows us where we can be. Oh, I'm so glad about it. It's not just saying, you're not, you're not, you're not. Is showing us where we can be through the blood of the Lamb, through Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, in the Amplified, it says this, May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself, indwelling your innermost being and personality. It is God's desire that our inner man be strengthened. May Christ actually dwell, settle down. And these words God is keeping on, 
in my spirit telling me that God wants to settle down in our spirit. He wants to settle down. He wants us to allow him to settle down. We got to get settled in our mind, settled in our heart. He wants to settle down in our spirit, abide, make his permanent home. Isn't it something that God wants to permanently live in us? But sometimes we just give him rooms, and when we don't like, we're like a, a renter. Uh, what is the man that's the landlord that, that when we don't like something, kick him out because we don't like. But God says, I want to settle in your heart. I want to have a permanent home in your heart. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. Our major problem today is that we're not rooted in love major problems in most of our life is that we are not rooted and grounded in love. There's been so many things that have happened to us. There's been so many things that came against us from our, our, our uh, childhood up that um, one of the major issues is trust. And we, we, we continually equate God to man. But God is greater than man. And he, he really wants his love letter is to make you acquainted with his love. Yes, you've experienced all kind of fake loves, all kind of up and down loves. But God's word is to make you acquainted with him. God is love. Man does love. But God is love. And God wants to get us past just I, 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 I do love. And, and remember, God is the very essence. I am love. I I can't do anything else. I am. I just can't do it any other way. However way I do it, it's love because I am love. And God wants us to get to that place of knowing and being rooted and founded. Our security is, most times we're insecure is where we feel like we're not loved. We're looking, even in the house of God, Looking. Even as we raise up our hands to worship Him, we put them down and still begin to look. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you like me? Do you accept me? Do 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 you like the, how I do it? How I say it? How I look? What I do? You like me? Do you like me? It's the funniest thing because we can raise our hands to God and then, but our our spirits have not yet grasped. That he loves us. Did I say it right? Did I do it right? Did I get an A? Did I get, did, did I get uh, you know, advanced? Oh, now you'll love me. Now you'll love me. And the problem is, is that in all these things, we find out that we always come back to disappointment. We always come back. I, I wore the right thing, and you like me today, but you don't like me tomorrow. Oh, you advanced me today, but now you put me down tomorrow. And if we equate these things to love, oh, I've done everything. I cooked the dinner, and I put it on the table. I made your bed, and I hung up your clothes. Now I know you love me. But if we equate these things to love, we'll be mighty disappointed. If that's where our value is, is... Is, is, is what man thinks about us. But God wants us to be rooted in what he thinks about us. It says that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. Have you ever experienced that love? I know I've experienced that love through Jesus Christ. I've experienced that love. 
I've experienced love through my husband, but there's been days I disappointed my husband. There's been days when he disappointed me. And in our immaturity, we took that disappointment as, I don't love you no more. You know, have you ever got the love letter one six months, and then six months later you got the quit letter? You know, when we, you know when we was in school, huh? I love you, I love you, I love you. And then you got, I don't love you no more. <laughs> and you walked around school just so hurt and so your heart was about to die. And what's wrong? He don't love me no more. Because <laughs> he really never loved you in the first place like you needed to be loved, all right? Because he didn't know how to do that and you didn't know how to do that either. But we thought that was love, you know? And so we get hurt. But he said, I want you to grasp what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth of my love. That's what his love letter lets us know. That, and he says that you, may, that you may really come to know, practically through experience for yourself, the love of Christ. I, you have to know experience of Christ. I can tell you how much God loves me, and I can tell, but you have to have your own. You can't rely on my experience. You understand? You have to have your own experience with Christ. It says, which now this love, which far surpasses mere knowledge, what we've seen on TV, what I've seen on Lifetime, what we saw Bella and Bella and Edward, Bella and Edward, those kind of things have. You know, oh, give me Edward. Give me Edward. Edward's getting paid to love Bella. <laughs> Edward's not giving up nothing. He's not sacrificing. He would be loving Bella if he didn't get that check, all right? So understanding that sometimes we get all cut up, caught up in these TV shows, this fairy tale kind of life and, 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 and the next thing you know we're just oh I want someone to love me like that oh I don't even love Pastor David because I, I remember um, when I used to walk, so, walk soap operas I was in love with Luke <laughs> on General Hospital Pastor David said that's why Daniel came out with blonde hair but I was in love with Luke I was just oh Luke 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 I thought Luke was the best thing since sliced bread he just he was that adventuresome I'm going to no matter who got you, I'm coming to get you. And I was like, ah! But Luke was getting paid. Okay? Luke was getting paid. And while I'm looking at Luke, my husband tried to love me, and I'm just like, ooh, Luke. You know how silly we can be. Amen? But God wants us to really, really know what love is all about. And he says, he says, I want you to be filled with through your whole being unto all the fullness of God, that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence. Oh, my God, don't you want to know that he's with me, with you always? The richest measure of divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. And you know what? When you really grasp how much God loves you, you are never alone. His presence, his presence, there's, there's his pre- he said, where can you go from my presence? His presence is always there. And I've, I've found this, this love to be so consuming that on my worst day, on my, my day when me and Pastor weren't together, he was there. God was there 
when I was crying and crying and crying, God was there. He was right there to let me know, I love you. I love you. Isn't that wonderful when he, I love you. And I was acting really ignorant, and he was still saying, I love you. Isn't that something to know that even when we act ignorant? Because, I mean, you know, we do some, sometimes we act ignorant, right? If, if I but call on his name, he is right, right there. If I but moan, Jesus, he's just right there. And his presence is, is, is there to, to show me, to lead me, to guide me, to correct me. All of that, he's right there. One of the, the Valentine statements that I always see that catches my eye is where you'll see the big balloons that say, be mine, right? And you'll see a lot of... of you know, people buying those balloons and, and um, you know, it, it kind of funny to me sometimes that, you know, I bought Pastor David one, okay? But I thought about it later, you know, because I was thinking, you know, be mine. What am I saying? He's all, he's all, there you go, baby. What, what's the problem here? He already is mine, okay? What message am I saying? Be mine. Be mine. Please be mine. <laughs> But I thought about that's what, you know, I thought about Jesus has already purchased us. He's purchased, but in that, even as I'm laughing one way, thinking about that, I think about the book of Hosea. And I think about the story where God, sh- he, he uh, tells the prophet to go marry this prostitute, Gomer, this prostitute. That you know it's gonna run. She's, she's, she's a prostitute. Go marry her. Now I don't mean that indirectly. I mean according to the story, okay? Because we don't want to mess nobody's head up, okay? But she goes. He goes. He marries her. And every time he looks around, she gone. And even though he purchased her, because he bought her, do you understand? Even though he bought her, I know that in his spirit there was a yearning. You guys get what I'm saying? Even though he, because you can buy somebody, but that don't mean that they're yours in their mindset, in their heart. And so I can imagine every time he would just go back, she'd run away and be with some man again, and he'd run and he'd go get her. God told her to go get her. And every time he would go get her, can you just imagine his mindset? Will this be the last day that I got to go get you? Will you just realize how much I love you? The very fact that I keep coming after you, coming after you, do you not see, do you not know that I love you? Would you? Although Jesus Christ has purchased us with that precious blood, he does not, you know, no man, no woman wants somebody that's just with you, but ready to run every, every two minutes. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants somebody with you. They're, they're, they're with you by, you know, the license, okay? And they bought her. They're with you because you, but they're not with you. See, uh, God knows when we're really with him. 
He knows when we can come in here and we can walk around, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And we just go out here and we put our check in our box. But really, we're not with him. We're not really his. We come in, in, into worship, and walk back out the door into the world. God said, how long will you behold her between two opinions? How long will you stay one in the world and one in God and one in the world and one in God? Please just be we just be mine. And, and to me, you know, it's amazing that the Heavenly Father would just want us like that. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of men and women that have gone out there with your crazy self. Just don't come back in the store. Right? There's pe- there are people that if you keep going in and out, they'll be like, I don't need this. I have to put up with this. And you know how how we can be very arrogant and I have to put up with this. I can do better than this. Well, if anybody could say that was God, if anybody could say he could do better than what we was giving back, it was God. God loved us. He said, be mine. Today I hope in your heart that this love letter, these words would resonate through your spirit that you would answer and settle in your heart, I'm yours, God. You know, we can sing that. You know, it's easy to sing. But to do that, to live that, I'm yours on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, not just on Sunday. I'm yours with money in my pocket and with money not in my pocket. I'm yours if he loves me or he loves me not. I'm yours whether there's a pain in my body, where there's not a pain. I, I love you whether I don't see the promise fulfilled yet or whether the promise is I love because I'm yours. I just love it. In John 3 and 17, where God did not send the Son into the world in order to reject, to condemn, to pass sentence on the world, but that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. This is how we got to read the word of God. The word of God, he said, I didn't come in the world to condemn you, to reject you. He said, but I came in the world that are to pass a sentence on you. To disqual- We always think that God is trying to disqualify us or count us out. But that is not his heart. He loves us so much. He wants to qualify us. That's why he came to qualify us. The enemy wanted us out for the count. But God came to qualify us. And he says, I came so that you would be safe. See, if you're opening up the word of God and you're not feeling safe, come on, through him. The enemy's messing with you. Like he did from the very beginning in the garden. He's always trying to take our view of our most high God. In Matthew 18 11, it says, in the Amplified, it says, For the Son of Man came to save from the penalty of eternal death. That's what was supposed to be ours, the penalty of eternal death, that which was lost. He came to save that which was lost. In John 3.16, the verse that all of us that were in church, we grew up on, for God saw. And you guys, put the it's all in how you read it. Don't just skip over that little word, saw. Don't just read it. But God so very much loved us. For God so loved the world. And I like in the Amplified, it says, For God so greatly loved. 
and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten. He even gave up. He, you know how you can write a love letter but not really give up nothing? Just words. Many of, many of us have a, a elegant way, a pretty way, a charismatic way of speaking words, of living the life, of sacrifice, putting that other person above yourself. So it said he even gave. He didn't just write and let us know he loved us, but it says he even gave up his only begotten son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on. Now, I really want us to get that because sometimes we, we, we make that belief small. The belief, I know about God. I believe in God. I know of God. So I believe in God. To know of God And he wants that belief to go into trusting in him, clinging to him, and relying on him. He said, then you will not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but you would have eternal, everlasting life. Look at the promises. It's better than a ring. It's better than a car. It's better than a new dress. It's better than security. But what he has given us is something that's for everlasting life. No end to what he has given us. In Exodus, he lets us know this. For you shall worship no other God. For the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous, impassioned God. He is filled with a fervent intensity for us. Not that jealousy is violent, but as we think in our mind when we think of that jealous man or that who wants to beat the mess out of us if they saw us with somebody else. But the thing is, he is perfect. His love is intense. We are the object of his affection. He loves us. He wants the best for us. He doesn't want us to go to these gods that at the end, like as you read through the word of God, when you find out in the Old Testament, his people his chosen people, the Israelites, they were constantly proclaiming their love to God one moment and then, then redirecting their love to another God. Constantly this circle. Constantly, constantly God would give them everything. God would give them food, protection, everything. But they would get to these other places and, and, and begin to serve these other gods. And God's heart was, was broken because he knew in them serving these other gods, these other gods would destroy them. These other gods would not love them, real love. God, that's what God knew about it. He, it, it, it it's like you've seen, um, you, you loving your wife, and now she falls in love. You're loving her. You're giving her everything. And now she falls in love with this. She, next thing you hear is an adulterous thing, and she fell in love with this guy that's injecting her with all kind of dope. And there's something, even though that you're angry, if your love is really, really love, there's something that you didn't never want her to see her go through that. You didn't never want to see her suffer that. You never wanted her to be the, in the grasp of some crazy maniac. That's what God, he never wanted us to be. He 
never wanted our focus to be in a God that could do nothing for us. That's why he always talked about those gods that you've made out of wood and made out of hand. and They can't breathe. They can't walk. They can't do anything. But you're praying to them. They can do nothing for you. And God never wants us to be deceived. He never wants us to be deceived in a God that could not help us. That's why he said that I'm jealous for you. I'm jealous for you. I'm, my love is servant for you. And, and I'm jealous that you would even think that these gods, these gods that can't move, can't talk, can't breathe, could do anything for you. I don't want you lost. I don't want you hurt. I don't want you to suffer loss. He loves us with an intensity. Aren't you glad God loves us with an intensity? God is good in our in in our lives. In Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31, 2 through 3, it says, Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found favor in the wilderness, talking about the Israelites, place of exile when Israel sought to find rest. The Lord appeared from old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And if we read the book of love, and you just read through his love uh, for the Israelites in the Old Testament and then find, go on up and find out what he did for all of us, his love is everlasting. Even on his most hurt, angry day, there was days when he said, I repent that I made you. But there was days, even in those days, his heart of love would not let him. His heart of love would not let him. He made a promise to us when he, when in the flood that he would never, ever do that again. And he's kept that promise. He gave us a sign with the rainbow to let us know, I love you, I love you, no matter what's going on on this earth. And sometimes we look at the earth and we go, oh, this earth is going to pot. But every so often the rain comes down and the rainbow comes up. And it reminds us that God says, I love you. I, aren't you glad that he loves you? In John, um, in Ephesians 2, 1 through 5, it says, You let the world, which doesn't know, and this isn't a message, you let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing. When we felt like doing it all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with a whole lot of us. Instead, immense mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own. Okay, because I kind of got excited about that. Don't y'all get excited about that? I mean, that makes me want to jump in my spirit. And everybody was kind of sitting still. I said, maybe it's not a bad thing. But it kind of makes me want to jump. No help from us. Nothing we did or could ever do. But he just did it for us. It says in the Amplified, starting at um, the fourth verse, it says this important little word 
in the Amplified, and I hope it's up there. In the Amplified, in the fourth verse. But, but God, we're doing our own thing, going our own way, not giving him any attention. But God, so rich in his mercy, because of in order to satisfy the great and wonderful intense love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings. How many can be a witness? I, I, there's, most of the time I can't blame nobody for... I know that's why they made that song, not my mother, nor my father, nor my sister, nor my... It's me. Standing in the need of prayer. My own shortcomings would have killed me. My own shortcomings would have disqualified me. My own. I can't even begin to blame other people. We do that. <coughs> but in all actuality, we know it's us. But God so rich in mercy. The Greek word for rich literally means wealthy, overwhelmed with goods. So when we see that verse, it's saying God had an unlimited supply of mercy that he extravagantly bestowed upon us. He broke the bed for us. Mercy that we did not deserve yet in John 10, 17 through 18, it says, For this reason, in the Amplified Bible, for this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my own life. Now, this is Jesus talking. This is one of my favorite scriptures. I have a lot of them here, you guys know, but this is one of them, okay? For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my own life to take it back again. I love it. I just like this. I just like to say it with attitude because people thought that the man took his life, but he says that no one takes it from me. Woo! On the contrary, I lay it down voluntarily. I don't know. We should be up on our... Uh, woo! You think about that? No man took his life. I don't care how it looks when they, all them soldiers came up and Judas kissed his face and everybody marched and he was, and the, you feel like, man, God said, no, uh-uh, no, I was God. I was God at any moment. At any moment, if I didn't restrain the powers, restrain who I was, at any moment, I could have said a word. I could have said a word. Everybody holding me would have fell down. Come on. If I said a word, the very, the very thing they hung me on, I made. Come on, I created. He said, I'm God. And it just, I'm God, and it was voluntarily that I died for you. You know how some people make it like, 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 um, he, he didn't, he, he didn't want to do it. He came to do it. His very purpose. His, you know, we're all excited about the healing of the sick. The, the eyes and, and all that stuff that he did, the miracles, he came to die. That was the purpose. He came to die. And he said, I loved you so much that I came to do it for you. Nobody made, no, before that day ever came, that plan was already made. Come on, before the beginning of time, before, before Eve did what Eve did, the plan was already made. Oh, y'all need to get happy up. 
See, this is how I act at home when I'm reading stuff. I'll be screaming. I like it. Okay? I like what God is showing me. I'm liking the love that he's displaying. The love that says, I knew you were going to do wrong. But I made a way. I put you in this beautiful garden, and it was not no setup. You know, it was not no setup that I was going to give you something and know you was going to do wrong and have to take it away from you. I said, I wanted it from, I wanted it for you from day one, and I still want you to live an even experience today. 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 I said today, y'all. He wants us to live an even experience today. That's what the that's what the wonder working power of the cross was to allow us to be able to live. Somebody said, I ain't given no eating experience because you haven't grasped the love of God. You haven't grasped. You can be in, you can be, he said, you make your bed in hell. I'm there. And if I'm there, <laughs> you can have an eating experience. Come on. Come on. Once you grasp his love, you can have an Eden experience wherever you're at. Turmoil can be all around you. Chaos can be all around you. You can be in the middle of all kind of stuff and stand right in the middle and say, I'm in Eden because I believe in God and that he loves me. Everybody can be talking about you. Everybody can say what you aren't and how you're not so smart and how you can't. See, I, I, I love that. Sometimes, you know, the enemy tries to intimidate me over words I stumble over. He tries to intimidate me over how I trip over my feet. He tries to intimidate me with so many things. But you know what? I'm learning that you talk back to him. Uh, he chose me. <laughs> he chose me. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about me. He chose me. Somebody might say, I can do it better. I don't know why you got that girl up there that can't have talk right. But I'll just tell you right now, he chose me. And he chose the not so. He chose the not so. So that the not so can give glory to God. There's nothing in me. There's nothing about me that lets you know I'm so smart, so great, can do anything. You know I'm up here only by the grace of God. I thank God for that. I thank God that there's no report card that I have to answer to. I thank God there's no opinion of man that I have to answer to. I thank God for that, that God loves me. He said, while I was yet a sinner, while I was doing some of the things I don't even want to tell y'all I was doing, while I was doing that, he loved me and he gave himself for me. Wow. While I was a sinner, while I was a sinner. Now, don't tell me right now that if I'm striving to please him right now, y'all looking to see if I'm going to fall off the stage. But don't, he is my grace. He is, I can just watch y'all's eyes, that's all. <laughs> y'all help me with them eyes, though. Y'all don't know. I said I'm a little bit close, okay? <laughs> by his mercy, by his grace, he shows me. Come on, he shows us that he absolutely, while, while I wasn't even thinking about him, while I was doing my own thing, while I was in the club, while I was trying to drink, while I was trying to act stupid, while I was trying to weaken a man, while I was doing all those kind of things. He loved me. He loved me. While that bitterness in my heart 
and hatred in my heart, unforgiveness in my... He loves. You guys, why do we try to take God's love away from people? Why do we try to base it on how they're acting? God's love is not based on our actions. <laughs> it's not based on we can act as ignorant as what. It's not going to change God because God is love. He is love. There's nothing we can do that will take what can separate us from the love of God. What? What? Nothing. Not ever. Turn to somebody and say, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Come on. The but God, the but God, the but God was a turning point in our story. Come on. The but God was, we had to have a turning point in our story. Because if there was no turning point, the end would have been tragic. But the but God, who was so rich in his mercy, that God gave us a turning point in our story. Starting with his mercy, he reconciled us to him. He gave us back what the enemy stole. I said, he's given us back. You know what? He's given us back. I love what I brought what Brett. When Minister Teasley says that all the time, he, he takes me back to a time where I was just really, really, I don't know, felt like I was tied up, bound up. And, and I remember one day him telling me this about the gate. And he was, you know, the gate's not locked, Pastor, when the gate's open. Like I do is just say. But the enemy had me felt like I was behind these bars and, and I, I wasn't free. But God has already done something. And this morning, that's what he was saying about, you know, uh, them being in jail. He said, you're already free. But the problem is, 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 is I could have, after he said that, I could have just stayed there and said, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. The gate won't come open. I won't go push it. I won't do, I'm just, I, I've got to stay behind this gate. I'm, and some of us, that's where the God says, you're already free. But you're living life here behind bars. God is saying, no, come out from, I've done this. He said, I have given you back. I've gi- Just take it. I've given you back. Take what the enemy's stolen from you. Take it. Don't walk up and say, well, he still has it in his hands. Take back what the enemy. Come on. Take, you know, it reminds me what little kids, and I love this thing how God says to be like children. When it's like, mine. You know, kids have, you know, they're that little, y'all have heard it, mine. Mine, even when they can only they can't even say the whole sentence. Mine, okay. And, and what do they do? What do they do? What do they do? They're, come on, Trey. I want to use Trey this morning because you know Trey's gonna be a pastor one day. Come on, Trey. So, so you know we keep talking about these things and everything. So I just gonna use you today. All right, hey, okay, okay. Here you go. Now, now, now. Uh, look at what, what. what I, wait, Trey. Let, let me take it from you. Okay, let me. <laughs> Trey. Trey said, I ain't even going to let you take it from me. Okay, 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 okay. It, you, it's, it's yours, but I'm taking it from you. I, let me take it first. No, don't fight. Okay, because it's going to be too long. Okay, here we go. Okay, and now I just took it from you. Now, what does a little kid do? That's it. He didn't do it very convincing, but, you know, he, he, he tried to figure out what I wanted him to do. But little kids... What do they do? And, you know, most of the time, they do it so violently that most of the time we got to go and say, don't, baby, don't do that. Don't, that's not nice. Don't we do that? You know, because they're doing it between their brother or their sister or their sibling. But I want you to know with the enemy, we can get violent. The kingdom suffers violence. 
me my joy. Give me my faith. Give me my marriage. Give me my health. Give it to me. Come on. With the attitude. Give it to me. And I'm going to get out, fight you, I'll beat you down with the word of God. Come on. My, my brother's probably laughing at me because he doesn't know me that way. I wasn't a fighter when I was growing up. Okay. He's like, where did that come from? Jimmy from the Holy Ghost. <laughs> it's only the Holy Ghost that gives me that power. Amen. Now, I want you guys to hear something. And I want you uh, to hear this, this, and I'm going to end on this, but this is important. I need a chair up here. Come on, just put a chair. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. In Ephesians 2 and 6 through 7, it says this. And I want y'all to please have that up in the amplifier. If we have someone up there to put this up. Because this is an important verse, how God revealed this to us. It says, And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by the virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the coming of the ages. Come on. And I, I got my papers messed up, but anyway. Oh, the imagineless, surpassing riches of his free grace. He raised us, and I want y'all to, there's something that's going to click in your spirit in a minute. He raised us up and then made us sit. Where's that at? I need that. Where, y'all just look at that real good. Where, where's was that? Six. Put that up there. I just need you to look at it. He raised us up together with him and made us sit down together. So he raised us and then he made us sit down. What's he talking about there? Who's the us? In when Paul was talking, the us was the Gentiles and the Jews. That he raised them, he took away that 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 wall, that 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 separation, that division. He took away, and so he no longer was the Gentiles the outcasts, and and the Jews were on, the only ones. He raised us up together. Okay, y'all got to get this. He raised us up together, okay? He, it, it's our new position that we got to get. He raised us up, and he, and he seated us. The us, without an us mentality, you guys, please get this this morning. Without an us mentality in the church, the church will be forever divided by races, denominations, without an us. Everybody say, I'm going to get to heaven all by myself. If you don't go, I don't care. But he said he raised us up together. No, and he said, unless we, we get this us mentality, we're unable to be a holy habitation of God. Because God cannot dwell in division. Oh, come on. As much as life in us, we need to be peacemakers. 
as much life in us. We need to be pulling for the unity of the saints, the unity of the body, the unity of the church. He raised us. He didn't just raise up living faith Christian center. Come on. We ain't the only one going to heaven. Come on. Come on. He didn't raise up just the Baptist. He didn't raise up the white. He just didn't raise up the black. You know, we're talking about Black History Month. All those kind of things. God raised up mankind. Mankind is what God raised up. He raised us up together. And we see that it's still. He said, love others as I have loved you. Love and accept and receive others as I have loved you. We've been raised up. What does that mean? I'm going to stand down here so you can get an understanding of what I'm saying. So here's my lower state, my sinful state. Through his blood, I've been raised up. I've been raised back into authority. Come on. Authority and dominion. I've been raised up. Okay? Authority over sin that has had dominion over us. I have kingdom which was mine from day one, amen? But because of sin, amen? Because of sin that the enemy deceived us. But now I've been raised back. Come on, you guys, we're, some of us are waiting to be raised in the clouds. Come on, raised in the rapture. And, 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 and we'll, never, we'll never experience the power of God. We're waiting to be raised in the rapture. You're raised up right now. You're raised up through the blood of Jesus. you got to embrace it. you got to accept it. I'm raised up from that lower uh, place that I used to be where sin had dominion I've been raised up and then it says this I've been raised up so here's the lower state. he says I've been raised up he said I've been raised up and he has made me sit okay and has, he has made me sit he didn't want us to go back down When we really embrace his love, we're going to realize that we've been raised up not to go back down. Our problem is, is this is how we're doing. Today, I feel strong. Tomorrow, I feel worldly. Today, I feel strong. Tomorrow, I feel worldly. But he has raised us up. It is finished. It is done. He has raised us up and made us to his intention was never for us to go back down. Never to give the enemy power and authority over our life. Never. Because of, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we don't have to give him that authority anymore. The power of the cross was to empower us to sit. That is because the power of the cross, when we embrace it, it gives us the power to be stable. Y'all not getting it. So much double-mindedness. So much instability in his church. But he's raised us up and made us to sit. To be steadfast. Sitting means being steadfast. Movable. When the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, as he surely will, he surely will. He will try us, okay? But he should find us seated, positioned, 
through the finished work of the cross. Through the blood of Jesus Christ and the dwelling of the Holy Spirit, he should find us seated, not shaken, not moved, seated. No matter what comes our way, no matter what trail comes our way, seated. Sitting is a position that's not transitional. We need to be seated in God's love and promises. Seated in his word. Seated in trusting him. Seated in believing he loves me. Though the storms keep on raging in my life, I'm seated in his love. Though they don't love me, they don't like me, they don't care about me, they roll their eyes at me, they talk about me. Seated in his love. Everything's not going right. Kids ain't going right. Husband ain't going right. Seated in his love, in his promises, in his word, in his power. Seated. If I could just get this in y'all's head. Seated. Oh, I, I see. I don't know about y'all, but see, I get sick of the enemy pulling me out of my rightful place. 